What is going on, Life Fitness Coaches? My name is Brian Mark. I'm the host of the number one podcast for online fitness coaches, and I'm the number one business coach for online coaches who are trying to grow a successful online business. Every single week, I drop five new episodes around attracting new clients, converting new clients, and delivering an amazing service for your online coaching business. We have almost a thousand episodes for you to scroll through and get value from. In these episodes, are absolutely timeless. So sit back, relax, and let's get into today's episode. What is going on, my fitness coaches? Welcome to another episode of the Change Lives Make Money Online Trainer Podcast. This is the number one show for online coaches who are trying to grow a successful online business. In today's episode, I'm joined by my boy, my business partner, my homie, my best friend, the guy next door, the wolf, the shortest guy I know, Coldest Silver. What's up, dog? Yo, what's going on, squad? Honestly, fucking today has been filled with shit talk, but like very calculated, meticulous shit talk. Me and Brian were fucking going back and forth to the gym. It was very funny. It was going to be make for a very good gym <laughs> compilation part. It was fucking hilarious. We were arguing for like five minutes. It's fun. Hey, listen, again, if I don't shit talk you at some point in my life, I probably don't like you. Okay. Like I probably, you probably just aren't on that side, on that level of relationship with me. So don't take it personally. It's just fucking, if I call you soft as fuck, it's because I love you. That's just <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. Word, word to that. Okay, guys, so it's Wednesday, and on Wednesday, we do pod chats. And basically what pod chats is, for those of you guys that aren't, that are new to our community, is um, every single week we bring on our trainers, our online coaches that are in our program. Anybody has a chance, to, an opportunity to ask us a question. We bring them on the podcast. They ask us a question. We give them some value. Now, last week, one of our clients came on the podcast. Her name's Alexa. And Cole and I kind of ripped into her a little bit, and we gave her a little bit of tough love. Since last Wednesday, Alexa's made $7,000. So if you listen to this and you're in the Change Eyes Academy and you're like, man, I'm really not getting the results that I want and I'm like struggling, get your ass on pod chats so that we can give you the conversation that you might not want to hear, but that you need to hear. Because guess what? Cole and I are making money and we know how to change people's fucking lives. So if you want to make money, you want to change lives, like the name of this fucking podcast, then get your ass on this coaching call so that we can help you. Do you have anything you want to add to that? <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's so simple and people still miss the mark on it, bro. Like I literally just did... Alive in the Academy, it did a tough love on missing, like missing and how like, if you want to make 10K a month, guys, it's not about the business practice. It's fucking not. It's not about the business practice. You want to make 10K a month, I'll tell you how to do it right now. Learn lead generation, learn lead nurture, learn sales, learn retention, you'll make 10K. There you go. That's literally the blueprint. Bam. There you go. Go figure it the fuck out. If you want to make 10K, it's about building habits and rituals and never fucking missing. And one of the things I literally talked about is if you're struggling, speak the fuck up. One place you can speak the fuck up is pod chats. If you've been missing this call, you're literally shooting yourself in the fucking foot. Two things I want to say about that because now we're on one. Number one, the reason that a lot of people struggle with that truth, which it is, all you need to do is show the fuck up. The reason that most people struggle with that truth is I've got Joe Blow sitting in the podcast audience right now that's like, Cole, that's not true. I've been posting on social media for the last year and a half. I've been consistent. <laughs> I have the results and it's still not working. Go ahead. That means your content fucking sucks, homie. All right, like, let's keep it real. Let's break it down. If you've been posting for the last year and a half and nothing's happened, your content's shit. And so you can look yourself in the fucking mirror, tell yourself that and adjust you're never going to be successful. Okay, but Cole, you know, my content's good though. So I'm an influencer and I have- like, No, 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 pause, homie. It's not good. Because if yeah. it was good, then you'd be seeing fucking results. Period. Okay. Fucking period. That's like, I want to lose weight, but I've been eating the right food. Oh, did you lose weight? Well, then you fucking ain't eating the right food, dumbass. Eat some fucking other shit. Okay, okay. so now I've got a different homie in the podcast on it. It's like, okay, Cole, it's not just about being consistent, bro. Because, or having good content, because I have a million followers on social media and I still haven't been able to find success in my online coaching business. Perfect. Like I said, there's four pillars lead generation, lead nurture, 
sales and lifetime value. Sounds like you understand lead generation because you have a million followers, but I bet you they have no fucking idea who you are or they'd actually want to buy off you. That's why you need to post value proof of connection, build a connection with your fucking audience so they know they can trust you. But I, I just have a subscription in my bio and I just want to put direct people to like the link in my bio to the subscription so people can buy my online programs. Dope. So you want to sell an MLM. You don't want to be a successful coach, right? You're just into this pyramid scheme shit, not actually making fucking money and impact. Is that what you're telling me? Dude, this is the thing, right? It actually is as simple as we're laying it out. Like develop successful habits and rituals and you'll be a successful online coach. A lot of you guys have this like limiting belief around like around success because you've been trying it for a while. If you've been trying it for a while and it's still not working, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. And I'm not is trying it? to be rude. Not trying to be rude, but like Cole and I also don't know what the fuck we're doing sometimes, which is why we hired Bedros. Yes. Like you guys, get a mentor. It's something that's funny because me and Brian will have these conversations and like people will hear me say that or hear Brian say that and you think we're very harsh with it. But the reason why like I've changed up the harshness of that message is because I've been saying it for fucking five years. And it's literally that simple. Consistency does not mean you see success instantly. It means you do the same fucking thing every single fucking day without fail. And eventually you'll break through. Eventually you'll see the results. There was a podcast and I don't know the guy. As long as you have the right strategy. Yes. As long as you have the right strategy. There's a podcast and I don't remember the guy's name, but he's super famous. You guys would know who he was if you saw him, but he was speaking on a stage and he said, if you go to the gym, all right. And you crush a workout and you come home and you look in the mirror, you're not going to see any results. And if you go to the gym tomorrow and you come home and you crush your workout after you're done crushing your workout, you look in the mirror, you're not going to see any results. And it's about the long-term fucking grind that's going to help you see success. Because if you just look for instant, instant gratification, you're not going to get anywhere. It's through consistency. And again, consistency does not mean you see success instantly. A lot of you guys are consistent for one week and you're like, why the fuck am I not rich yet? Also, consistently does not mean you'll see success, period. Because a yeah. lot of you guys are consistently doing the wrong thing. That's like the client that goes to the gym and consistently does an hour and a half every day on the cardio machine, eating no carbs and eat like under eating 1200 calories. And they're consistently showing up, but they're consistently doing the wrong thing. So they're consistently getting wrong results. Yeah. So it's like, consistency is only part of the game. Like consistency is a big part of it. Don't get me wrong. You got to show up, but like you also have to sh consistently be executing the right strategy, which is fucking why people pay you for your coaching program because exactly. you give them the strategy and then they consistently do it and they'll lose right weight, right? Exactly. Oh, I like, I like that you did that. <laughs> so stop bitching and get to work. Dude, we need to do that more often. <laughs> Let's bring on the first guest. And that is Dustin. What's good, dog? What's up, boys? How you doing? Best, fucking Best day of fucking ever. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Today, I really wanted to talk to you both about 14-day challenges. Mm. I've ran one. Plus, I'm before we do that, you were here last week. What did we talk about? How's it going? Last week, we talked about the Facebook community. You told me what to implement, how to get the group and that community and culture. So I started it that week. Immediately, I was like, okay, we're doing a win challenge starting today, going to next week. Winner gets a $100 gift card. Everyone, I even started pulling other members in. The community is popping off right now. Everyone's focused on their wins. And that culture and vibe is popping right now. And I freaking love it because everyone's super engaged. And I have all these wins that I'm just posting. I'm like, frick, everyone's getting a better mindset. They're posting like, since posting these wins, I'm just like, I'm seeing where I'm doing well and not focusing on the negative. So there's been a big shift for a lot of my clients and it's been freaking amazing since last week. So, so I just want to, I, I just want to pause and I want to say Dustin is the fucking man because he shows up every week, asks questions, implements, and now his business is popping. Continue. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So 14 day challenges though. I want to get into this. So my first challenge, I signed a few clients. I made 5,500 from my nice. first challenge. And I know 
I missed out on some. I left some on the table 100% for sure. And I wanted to come and ask you guys, I think my biggest fault with my first one, one, I had about 23 challengers in. Obviously some showed up, some didn't. As we went through the challenge, I felt like I didn't really engage anyone at the start. I didn't sell anyone at the start. I let everyone come into the challenge, even though there were people that were hot. And I think I should have just, you know, jumped in the DM script and kind of sold them at that time when they were hot and ready. But I let everyone go through the challenge. And at the end, what I found is that like, maybe I didn't get people either filling out an application or DM scripting everyone. How did like, I want to know how I can maximize my next challenge and like how to go about the end of that challenge to really get people engaged and signed up. Oh, you want to go first? Yeah, hundred percent. So first off, number one, give yourself a fucking break. It's your first challenge ever. And obviously like, not maximizing on everybody is a bullshit statement because those are now seeds that are going to be fucking turned into trees in the future. So that's what you need to make sure you remember. Number two, selling at the beginning of the challenge is always more beneficial, all right, within the first week, because of the fact that if you wait two weeks, people know you're going to pitch them. All right. So like in between, like midway through the second week, people are going to start dropping off and ghosting you because they know the pitch is coming. Because this is just how it the fuck is, right? So I wouldn't ever try to like optimize the back end of the challenge. Like the fucking last four days, just show up and over deliver like you always do. That would be my base advice. I would focus on trying to sell within like five days. I wouldn't do it instantly. Get them in, get them hyped, build up the fucking energy. And then around the five day mark, that's when it's sparking conversations. And yeah, how does so, that look? Is that, sorry, is that application? Like you get them to yeah. fill out an application form? Are you in the DMs yeah. with them? Yeah. So here's Cole's right. So you asked the question, how do I sell or how do I engage more at the end of the challenge? And the question you need to be asking yourself was how do I get the challenge more engaged at the start? Exactly. Because so everybody listening, this is challenge theory. All right. So check this out. Your boys about to drop some challenge theory on you guys. When you're doing a challenge, let's say you're doing a 14 day challenge, a four day challenge, whatever fucking challenge like suits your needs or suits your desires, whatever. When you're doing a challenge, Essentially, what's your 14-day challenge called, Dustin? I haven't named it yet for this next one. So let's say it's the 14-day fat loss challenge, whatever it is. Yeah. So anybody that applies for your 14-day fat loss challenge or anybody that agrees to participate in your 14-day fat loss challenge is also not only committing to your challenge, but subconsciously they're saying, I need help losing body fat. Are we right or wrong? Agreed. Right, yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't join your challenge. Am I right or wrong? You're right, yeah. They're also subcommunicating, I'm interested in working with you. Otherwise, they wouldn't join your challenge. Am I right or wrong? Yeah. Right. Now, some of those leads, there's going to be different temperatures of those leads, right? So some of those leads are going to be cold, but interested. They're not, not interested if they're filling out your shit. Okay. So anybody that's in the challenge is interested. You just have to gauge the level of interest. Some people are interested to the level of like, I might be, you know, I might want to try Dustin out. And so their answers in their 14 day challenge application will be like short and kind of sweet and just like maybe one or two liners, whatever they're interested, but they're not interested enough to buy your shit basically is what that's sub communicating. Some people are interested, ready to buy your shit, and also need a lot of help. Those 14 day challenge applications are going to be a lot longer, a lot more in depth and like ready to go. And like, they're going to be like, kind of like pouring their heart out to you in their application. If you guys have a challenge application that is pouring your heart out, like whether it be a four day challenge or 14 day challenge, and you don't book the phone call with them, that's like you're, you've got an, an, a hot iron that you're not taking advantage of. Agreed. Like that's a hot lead, right? And we, everybody like this is agreed across the board. If you have a hot lead and you take a longer time to get back to them, they're going to find another solution or they're going to lose their temperature. You understand? So yeah. you as the challenge runner need to be tuned in to the people that are very hot or very interested. You need to book a call with them and then you need to 
get them on the phone as soon as possible because they're hot. They're ready to go. All right. And now you can give them some incentives to enroll early. Like, obviously, I know that we're doing a 14 day challenge, but to be completely honest, Dustin, you know, your goal is to lose 20 pounds and we're not going to do that in 14 days. And I can tell you the type of person that's like very serious about your goals, which is why when you're like, when you were descriptive, like you were going all in. And frankly, I want to help you lose the weight, not only like for a little bit of time, but for a long period of time, like I want to help you lose it permanently. And so my recommendation would be a 16 week program. Here's what that looks like. You know, it'll be blah, 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 blah. Because you were going to do the 14 day challenge. What I'll actually do is I'll give you a 30% discount on the paid in full. So usually my paid in fulls are, you know, a thousand bucks. I'll give it to you for 850. Is that fair? Okay. Okay. So that's, we're pitching hot leads before the challenge, et cetera. So that's before yeah. the challenge, pitch the hot leads. And then if they're like, eh, I don't know, whatever you can be okay, okay, tell you what, we'll do the challenge. If you love the challenge, we'll continue. And you put a deposit down before the challenge starts and you do the challenge, I'll still give you the discount. Is that fair? So like okay. where there's like ways to get around that objection, right? Yeah. So that's challenge theory one. Challenge theory two is this. Guys, when you start a challenge, everybody read this in the comments. Whenever challenge you're going to do will always die out. It's like not always, but 80 to 90% of the challenges that you have will die out. Like Cole and I are all very good at running challenges. We experience the same thing, which means that let's say, Dustin, you have 20 people that join your challenge. And out of that 20 people, 60% of the people engage with your challenge out of the get-go. They're excited. They're ready to go. They're pumped up. They're like introducing themselves. At the end of your challenge, you'll have 30%. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So if at the start of your challenge, you have 95 or 90% of the people that engage, at the end of your challenge, you'll have 60 to 65%. So your goal is to start hot. Everybody write that in the chat box. The goal of challenges is to start hot. The way that you start hot is meticulous. So you don't let anybody into the Facebook group until the day before you're ready to start posting. And so let's say your challenge starts on Monday, right? And you're going to have the program sent to them on Saturday. So what I would do is send their programs. Once their programs are sent, add them into the Facebook group and make a welcome post. Hey guys, what's going on? It's coach Justin here. I'm super excited. In this 14 day challenge, we're going to be covering X, Y, Z, Z, Y. What I want you to do is comment below, introduce yourself, tell me what your number one goal is for the challenge and why you're excited to be here. And then some, you know, let's say you have 20 people, six of the people are going to introduce themselves on their own. You want to comment back to them, engage. That 14 people that didn't introduce themselves, you want to send them a DM. Yo, Cole, exclamation marks. I just accepted you into the challenge group, comma, go introduce yourself in the Facebook group post, comma, that's the first step, smiley face. We're pulling them to the group because yeah. if you don't pull them to the group, if they don't engage, they're not going to engage the whole challenge. You're not going to sell them. You're not going to make any money. So your goal is to start challenges hot. Okay. Pull now, in. the only thing I wanted to add with that is because you did ask the question again, like, well, okay, well, how do I pitch them? Like what's going on with that? Again, you're sending out a actual application to get people in your 14 day challenge, or at least you should be correct. You're doing that. Yeah. So that's the only application you fucking need. So okay. again, you're utilizing those to sell people beforehand. And then around the five day mark, when you then fucking see individuals who have been super active in the group, they're fucking super on top of their shit. People who are kind of on the fence, the ones that were a little bit colder, but interested around the five day mark, you fucking have another conversation with them and you do not send them another application. You talk to them in the DMS and you book a fucking call. And the only reason why is because again, people buy off of motion. All right. So they're like in it, they're feeling good. They're working on their goals. They're fired up. They're fucking like super intense and excited. And then you start a conversation with them and then you're like, oh, okay, dope. We're having a great combo, but here's a fucking form. Go fill this out. And then homie's like, uh, okay. Like, sounds good. You got to just have the conversation and get them on the phone right then and there. Does that make sense? At that point, are you offering five days in? Are you offering them a spot in your program? Hey, you're freaking crushing it. You're doing great in this challenge. I want to offer you a spot in my program. Do you kind of go about that approach or? Similar, but you'd say something like, yo, Dustin, somebody that's enjoying the challenge. Like, yo, Dustin, it's my face. How are you enjoying the challenge so far? Oh, I love it. Absolutely crushing it, blah, blah, blah. All right, great. Let's set up a quick 10 to 15 minute chat to talk about your progress in the program so far and what your goals are for after the program. Mm-hmm. 
okay. what your goals are for when the challenge ends. Okay. And then from there, like kind of Pitch. through the DM script and be like, do you want some help with that? And they'll be like, hell yeah. And then no, you don't have to ask if they want help. They want help. They're in your fucking, they're in your program, in your fucking challenge. And then so when you get on the phone, they want to join them. your, they want to join your challenge if they didn't want help. So like yeah. that part, you need to, you can eliminate that because they, you assume that they want help. Otherwise they wouldn't be in your challenge. Exactly. And then when you get on the phone with them and you're having the conversation, it's less about this is mid challengers, by the way, and post challengers, anybody who's done your challenge, it's less about let's have a grand conversation about your goals and what all this other shit. And it's more about the experience they've already had working with you, whether it's one day or 17 days or three years, people having a taste of your program, you want to talk about the experience because now they're experiencing what it's like to actually have help, which a lot of people don't fucking have. So as soon as you talk about that experience, it like creates this fucking aura of energy that people want to feel more connected to you. Also a mindset that everybody needs to destroy. Everybody write that in the, this in the chat box is you don't have to wait until the challenge ends before you pitch. No, you don't have to wait until the challenge ends before you pitch. A lot of you guys think like, oh, I need to wait until my challenge is over before I pitch. That's like, if you do that, your leads will cool off. Like you'll have people that are ready to go and you just need to make them an offer. So I'm going to say this nicely. Have the kahunas to offer your program because they joined, like they want your shit. Yep. And so you don't wait until the end of the challenge to pitch them. Instead, there's people that are there that are ready to go that are excited. So reach out to them and be like, yo, what's going on, Colton? You like in the program so far? Like they're going to be like, I love it. Like, cool. You're down like five pounds so far, right? But like, yes, like, that's awesome. Let's set up a quick, I'd love to set up a quick 10 to 15 minute chat to talk about your progress in the program so far and, you know, give you a game plan for what happens next. Smiley face, you up for that question mark? Yep. Cool. Here's my calendar link. Go ahead and book in. Only takes five minutes. Send me a screenshot once. Only takes two minutes. Send me a screenshot once it's all done. Period. Cool question mark. Yeah, that's that's where I messed up last challenge too. Was waiting till the end because I didn't pitch anyone until the very end of the challenge, and that's when I was like booking the calls and stuff. Get them while they're hot. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. Come out hot, and then five days in, jump on all of it. Yeah, you're not even five days in. You can sell people before. You can sell people whenever. I just said five days is like a baseline, bro. You can literally sell people fucking in twenty minutes after they fucking join, whatever the case may be. If you got somebody that's like like applying with like novels in their fucking 14 day challenge application. They said they've been struggling with their weight for the last 10, 15 years. Like you're yeah. doing them a disservice to not offer your coaching program, especially if you know, it's going to help them. Agreed. So go after the hot leads right away. Yes. Leads, Literally in hot, go after, and then yep. let the colder ones warm up in the challenge and then correct. Reach out to them. That's right. Beauty. Mm-hmm. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. I'm excited next week. I'm going to start advertising. This is going to be way better than the last challenge for sure. Let's, Let's go. go. Thank you. You're welcome, bro. Also, $5,500 is good for your first challenge. Give yourself some yes, credit. That's lit. Very that is, fucking good. That is very, very, very lit. Uh, Dakota Gower says, all my best clients are sold right before the challenge. Boom. I love that. Just wanted to take a quick minute to say, I want to change your life. If you're listening to this podcast, then you know that I have what it takes to help you grow a successful online coaching business. So go to my Instagram, at the real Brian Mark, and DM me the words, more clients. I'll reach out to you and we'll talk about what your biggest struggle is. We'll talk about what your goals are for your online coaching business. And I'll give you some guidance and a game plan for what to do next. Again, go to my Instagram, at the real Brian Mark, and DM me the words, more clients, and I'll reach out to you to see if I can help. Now let's get back to today's episode. Let's go on to Aaron Stevenson. What's good, homie? How you doing? Yo, what up? What up? I'm doing good today. Like I said, uh, before we started the call here, Real had 30K this morning. So that was exciting just to finally have one go off. It's been a little bit even, but I guess even to go off of that, since we tossed last week and I was trying to dial in my avatar a little bit more, just slightly, I've had people reaching out, got good leads. So like, that's exciting as well. That's another good win. But, and then I've, just learned a ton from what you just talked with him for. So that was awesome. But 
my question today was, I guess at the start, I know in the past, I've heard you say like, you know, go on vacation, get a getaway or something every couple months, just to spark creativity and stuff. I feel like that's where I'm at. And I know like that has helped me in the past. Like at the beginning of the summer, I went on vacation to Mexico. That week that I got back, I booked 10 calls, which is the most that I've ever booked in a week, which was crazy. Yeah. And so I have another vacation coming up in two weeks here. And so I just want to know kind of your take on how much work to do on vacation versus how much you relax. Obviously, I need to serve my clients, do non-negotiables, but do you go above and beyond that? Or like, where do you limit yourself? So great question. Depends on the season of life you're in. So are you feeling a little bit tapped out and burnt out? Like are you feeling a little bit kind of like overworked or are you like, I fucking love my business right now. Like where are you at? I would say in between creativity for like content creation feels like a little low right now, but serving my clients doesn't feel overly tapped out. Mm. So my advice and Cole might have different advice. If you're asking me, I would do non-negotiables that I'd fucking enjoy your trip. And non-negotiables would literally be like a one-liner post on social media away in Mexico, having the best time of my life. Life's about experiences, whatever the fuck, some sort mm -hmm. of influencer bullshit. And then getting back to your clients, serving your clients, helping your clients, updating training plans when you need, just like exactly make content about your vacation. And then when you get back, you can grind. If sometimes I go on vacation and I literally, my intention is like, I'll tell Kirst, I'm like, just so you know, this isn't a vacation. This is a work trip for me. Like your boy's going to be fucking grinding. And sometimes I go on vacation. I'm like, I'm going to do the bare minimum work possible. So it depends what season of life you're in. Depends what season you're in right now, what, where, like where you're at, where you're feeling. And I would just tune into that. So it sounds to me. Like you should do non-negotiables and then not work for the rest of the time. Works for me. Yeah, dude, at the end of the day, you guys need to embrace where you are. I agree with B. I'm very, very bullheaded in the like aspect of get the fucking work done and do what you need to be doing. Like I'm like dead set against the, uh, some sort of influencer bullshit. Spend a fucking day and batch some good content before you go and then post that. Don't post a fucking one-liner about you like, here's my food. Spend fucking five hours batching some content before you go. It'll be completely fine. And you'll have content for it. But dude, I'm on the same wavelength as B. Like when we went to LA, guys, we went there to see Bedros. That was our main purpose. It was to fucking work and see Bedros and absorb information. And then we went to fucking Disneyland and I was there for fucking eight and a half hours. And did I do a little bit of work? Yeah, I fucking also enjoyed the shit out of Disneyland. It was fun as fuck because at the end of the day, the reason that 10 before 10 a.m. morning routine that's in the group, guys, I made that for traveling because me and B were traveling and I was like, I'm not going to travel the world. And then not enjoy myself because it's fucking stupid. Why the hell would I even do this? I might as well just work a nine to five. Like I literally did this, this life so I can have financial freedom and enjoy my fucking life. So I built that morning routine, the 10 before 10 a.m. to help me with that 10 things that are going to move my business, my relationship and my fucking mindset forward slash fitness before 10 a.m. while traveling. So I would implement that. But dude, it's again, depends on the fucking seasons. If you look at your bank account and you're like, I fucking hate this number. I'm fucking stressed out. This is not okay. Then maybe work a little bit more on this mm -hmm. fucking trip. Cause even though you're saying burnt out, you can't say fucking burnt out, fuck work and then not pay your bills. Yeah. That's my mentality with it. So I'm like, it's like the same thing with B, but also I just fuck that influencer bullshit, bro. Bash some goddamn content. I know you can. All right. I've no, seen I, you I did that it. last time. I batched content and it was still was posting three times a day while I'm on yeah. vacation. So. Then you're Gucci, bro. Like no, I, I wouldn't even post three times a day, post two like super intentional ones. No, um, yeah, this, like, this time I think I was just going to stick with one. Just, yeah. to, just run it up like that and then enjoy your fucking life. You guys are entrepreneurs. Like at the end of the day, like we're not your fucking parents. Like you want to go enjoy a vacation, then go enjoy a vacation. Like fucking have a good time, enjoy it. But at the same time, know that we've also given you the tools to see success on vacation. So you're going to have to learn how to balance that out. Because if you come back from vacation, you're like, oh, Brian Cole, I'm fucking broke. 
my first question is going to be like, well, did you do any work or did you just fucking spend all your money and do fucking nothing? You feel no, me? no, I know, I know. And that tough love that you gave this morning, uh, showing up no matter what. I've been doing that for a while. So Good still shit, have that man. mindset on vacation. So appreciate I love it. it. Thanks, guys. Grind season, baby. Let's get it. You say Chris's comment in the chat. What? I grew up with two moms and now I have two dads. That's fucking funny. <laughs> I like that. That's fucking That's funny, funny, bro. That is fucking funny. Why don't you go to our event, bro? What the fuck? What? Chris, you're up next. Do you I know. He's never come to our event, bro. He just talks shit. What's going on, fam? So last week, y'all fucking ripped into me told me like I was playing small and literally haven't missed a single fucking thing worked a shit ton on Sunday literally 6 a.m wake up cold showers I got myself cold you're the one who made me do the fucking cold showers I saw your story about that shit and uh, I went from like barely doing 30 seconds to I hit three minutes and 40 seconds this morning it fucking sucked but we're getting that shit done so now the biggest fucking thing and this is like more of like a life slash mindset thing Cause I'm seeing myself fucking like the last two weeks going quick as fuck, working my ass off. Money's coming in. I went from literally like three weeks ago having money issues to now like I know 10K is going to be hit before the end of this fucking year. There's no questions asked. But the motherfucker that I moved in with is like my best friend. He's my training partner. I was actually able to get this house. It's big enough. So I offered him a spot to stay. This motherfucker has been get like he's more and more negative. I love him to death. But he is more and more negative, like, as the weeks go on. Fucking truck got broken into. Losing fucking money. Trying to sell, like, his camper so he can have money. And it's not selling. Like, everything that he says on a daily basis is fucking negative as shit. So I've been listening to you guys. It's like, spend less time with those motherfuckers. We, we need our own energy to protect that shit. But I live in the same house with him. I love him to death. And I'm trying to, like, help lift him up. So I want to know from you guys, in a situation like this, if it's somebody you're fucking close to, is it somebody that, like, you sit down, you give them fucking tough love, even if they're going to be mad at you? Or do you just kind of, like, do your own shit, lead by example, and hope that they fucking get their shit together? Is it draining you on a daily basis? If I actually Yes or no? Time, no, not anymore. <laughs> okay. Then you need to ask yourself, is the conversation worth it? Okay? Because I feel like a lot of individuals would, like, they expect me to just be, like, tough love, whatever. But you guys need to actually ask yourselves, are these conversations worth it? You love this human being. All right. You're fucking with them. You fucking fuck with them, et cetera. If their life is not affecting you, then what the fuck is the point of sitting them down and having a conversation about what they need to do in their life? Worry about your fucking self, bro. Like you can help them a little bit, but it's not your responsibility to make sure that homie's fucking set up in life. Unless it's affecting you a little bit or you see something that you can help with and then you can have that fucking deeper conversation. I'm very, very anal with protecting my mental energy and I'll just be fucking frank with you guys and very open with you guys. I actually had Brian and my other best friend, homie I grew up with as co-best men for my wedding because of the fact that fucking Brian saved me from addiction and my boy back home, I'm not gonna say his name because I'm, I'm gonna say some other shit here as well. My boy back home basically saved me when I didn't have a place to live. Like these boys helped me lifted me into the individual that I was. However, it then reached a point where he was fucking literally becoming a draining motherfucker. And there was way too many things that were literally separating us, pushing us apart in every aspect. And I couldn't deal with it anymore. So I called him up and was like, listen, you know, I love you. I can't associate with you right now anymore. Figure out your shit. You're out of my fucking wedding. And I just hung up the phone and that was it, bro. And then he fucking still flew out to fucking Alberta he still fucking showed up. Like we built a relationship, like we're fucking kindling it, but it affected me. So I dealt with the situation. I don't believe in 
putting things on you that are going to trigger and fuck with your mental health and fuck with your mental energy. So if right now nothing's bothering you and the negativity in that side of the house isn't fucking fucking with you at all ever, then fuck the convo. But if as soon as you walk out of that door, if it is affecting you and you're lying to us right now and you said no, then the conversation needs to happen because you got that house for you. You allowed him to move in. And it's not about a conversation of like, fix your shit or we're not fucking friends anymore. It's a conversation of like, homie, these are the fucking boundaries. Like, this is what I need from you. This is what I need in this house. If you can't do this, then we need to move our separate ways because I love you as a friend, but I'm going to start resenting you as an individual based off your fucking attitude. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And definitely like what fucking Dakota said, he does definitely drain me a bit. It's on those fucking days where like, on the days where I'm on fire, I'm fucking going, nothing can fucking get in. No matter what he says, what he's bitching about, I fucking shrug it off, I keep moving. But if I'm having one of those fucking days myself, it's like if he fucking feeds into that and that day just fucking gets worse and it's like, it's an absolute fucking pain in the ass on those fucking days. Mm. So yeah, I feel like I definitely have to have that fucking, that sit down and be like, yo, this is the fucking issue. This is what I need you to do on these fucking days. I want you to come to me, but if you're just going to be negative as fuck, then- Not on those days, every day. What you're doing is you're allowing a small thing to happen. You are an average of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you're hanging out with negative motherfuckers, drug addicts, alcoholics, all that other shit, you are that motherfucker. And you are, you're that negative fuck on those days. And that's why he feels comfortable bitching to you about negative ass shit. Understand that right now. Okay. Not those days. It's boundaries for life, for everything. You think me and Brian let fucking people come into our life and bitch and complain every single fucking day? Absolutely not. We check each other. Like fucking something will happen. We'll be like, oh shit. Like later lean in, lean in, lean in. And then he'll be like, okay, cool. You're fucking done. I'm like, okay, B, you're done. Sounds good. Let's move fucking past it. Julia checks me with that shit. I start complaining. Julia's like, what the fuck are we talking about this for? Bedtime. Shut up. I'm like, okay, yeah, touche. There we go. We move past it, bro. So I have like a bunch of thoughts around this subject. So first things first is like the number one thing that you need to care about more than anything is your personal success over everything. Yep. Because at the end of the day, like that comes for me personally, like I'm loyal but I'm also not going to be loyal if being loyal means that like you're going to drag me down, my family down, my life down, because then I'm not going to be able to take care of my grandma, not going to be able to take care of my wife, not going to be able to take care of my kid, not going to be able to take care of my future family. I'm letting my future self down. So yep. that is, that's what I'm loyal to is I'm loyal to my success because there's a lot of people that depend on me to be at my like peak performance. And so I'm not going to allow people in my life that are like, consistently committed to being an anchor in it. Does that make sense? Yeah, so, that's, so that's the first thing. So like with me, the way that I work is I also agree with Cole and I'm not going to name names on the podcast, but you know, I had to let go of some people that were like my best fucking friends in my life. And I, the reason I let them go is like, I'm a very forgiving person. And like, I'm the type of person that like, well, you know, I'll let you make mistakes over and over and over and over and over again. I'm not really like that anymore because I feel like I got kind of, you know, I, I, I did that a little bit too much. But once it got to a point where it was negatively impacting my energy and like I started resenting the individual, like and I was like, okay, I need to fucking have a, a serious conversation. So I feel like if you're already at that point, I would have a conversation, but I might have it in a different way than being like, I agree with having a conversation. I might be like, pull them aside and be like, bro, what's going on? Like, I care about you and I want you to win. So like, you know, your truck got broken into, this happened, this happened. Like, how can we get you some success? Like, how can we get you a win? Like, what do we need to do to get you a win here? Because like, I don't want you to struggle. I don't want you to suffer. Like, what do we need to do to get you a win? Let's get you a fucking win. Because if you care about this individual, you want to see him win, right? 
So like, how do we get you? Cause like, here's the thing. And this is the thing that nobody likes to hear, but this is the absolute truth. When something happens to me in my life, let's say somebody sideswipes my car. Let's say I'm in traffic and I get rear-ended. Let's say that I, my something, you know, all these negative things start happening to me. The first thought that I have is what's going on in my subconscious mind that's attracting these negative things to me. Yep. It's my own mind that's creating it. And so those people that consistently have bad shit happen to them have some fucked up stuff in their subconscious that's attracting that stuff to them in their life. So the homie that's got his car stuck broken into, it's because his mind is out of alignment. Somebody that gets, I'm like, I take this to the extreme and this might upset a lot of you individuals, but I don't give a fuck because this is my truth. If I get a disease, I'm like, my subconscious mind created it with anxiety or with my overthoughts of fear or failure or self-doubt. Like I truly do believe that your mind creates everything in your life, everything, even the things that you don't want to take responsibility for. And so my immediate thought is like, there's something going on in his subconscious that he's not dealing with, that he's not like willing to face. And so your job as a conscious individual that is like on top of your shit, that is like working on yourself is to like, try to inspire him and like reach, like help him dig for some wins and help him like uncover some like positive energy. Cause right now the his subconscious is creating these like negative situations. And then because his subconscious is creating this negative situations, it, now he's got this confirmation bias. Do you guys know what that is? Confirmation bias is you basically think the world is a certain way and then negative things start happening. And then you look to those things as confirmation that you are right. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I can never catch a break. See my car again. I can't sell this fucking camper. Can't get a fucking job. Can't do this. It's called confirmation bias. Everything's not fucking working. It's fucking bullshit. You know, I can never catch a break. The world's against me. It's not fucking fair. Like everything else is happening. It's called confirmation bias. And so he's got all this stuff happening. If you have a hard conversation with him, like these are the fucking boundaries. He's going to think you're attacking him because he thinks that the world's against him. And then he's going to make up the story that his best friend's turning on him. So like, I think the approach would be like, bro, I want you to win more than anything because I care about you and I want to see you successful. So like, what's going on? Talk to me, let it out. And then like, let's start focusing on getting you some wins. Like, what are some things that you want to do? What are some goals you want to accomplish? Let's start like setting some goals. And then I'd encourage him like, bro, you got to start working on that mindset straight up. Let's start working on your mindset. Cause I get there's a lot of negative shit going on, but you can't control that, but you can control this. Every time you talk about something negative and you're complaining about it, you're just creating more of it. So let's work on that together. And you just like help him. You like empower him. So I think it's less about like, you know, like don't do this or you're fucking cut. And if you truly do deeply care about this character, like try to empower him. And for me, the, when I end up making cuts in my life is when I'm like trying to empower an individual and they're not getting it. I'm like empowering them, empowering them. They're not getting it. I'm empowering them. They're not getting it. I'm like, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. They're not getting it. And then I get to a point where I'm like, I keep giving this individual energy and they keep sucking it up and like absorbing it and then turning it into negativity. And I'm no longer willing to do that. So I'm cutting them out. hundred percent. And I want to touch on that for a minute because I feel like when it comes down to these individual conversations, I'm very black and white, but like, it's not like I don't do what Brian just said. I, I always do with compassion. I have those deep conversations, bro. But it's also understanding like there was one of our clients, I think it was Kim told me this analogy and I fucking loved it. And it's friends are like engines, buoys and anchors. All right. Some are anchors and they have you spinning around their shit. You can never get away. Some are buoys. They're just there. They don't provide any value or anything negative. They're just fucking there all the time. And some are engines. They will push you forward and pull you back when needed. All right. Ever since I heard that, it just created a different light in my head. But I've always led with compassion. However, I'm very, very stern. Like implement the shit I fucking tell you rule because of what Brian said. I have too many people fucking relying on me. If I let somebody into my life and they start fucking talking me out of the things that I need to do on a daily basis, and they're literally draining my fucking energy, that means I can't show up for you, Chris, for you, Jay, 
for you, Chelsea, or anyone else in the fucking group, for Brian, for Julia, for Cursed, for Taj, for Josie, et cetera. All right. If I get drained, I can't show up. And the thing is, is that I am giving like crazy. I give all day. I give to my social media. I give to you guys. I give to my wife. I give to my friends. Sometimes I got to take. Then I fucking sit down and these individuals who are my friends start taking more from me. It's going to create a imbalance and what you need to do in your life and the people that you need to have around you. So you got to be stern. I agree with B, have a compassionate conversation, but also hold your success above everything. Be selfish. One of the things that uh, you said, Chris, you said on those days, like he's always consistently negative, correct? Like that's a consistent state that he's in. And shit, it usually doesn't bother you, but on the days that you feel negative, you go to him and he feeds into it and he makes it worse, correct? You know what happens when I have a bad day? I contact Cole and he lifts me up. Yep. (laughs) Right? When yep. Cole has a bad day, he contacts me and I lift him up Yep, because that's what friends should do. It's like, and I also think you guys, this is what, I'm not a fucking relationship expert, but I think that that's the definition of a happy relationship too. Yes. It's like, I consistently work in myself every single day until the end of time. You consistently work on yourself every single day until the end of time. And then together we consistently work on the relationship together. Like that to me is a healthy relationship where yeah. both parties are interested in self-development and personal development and growth and passion and like reaching the next level of themselves. And they're like becoming better people in whatever fashion that looks like. And like they lift each other up when they're down. Like if I'm down, Kirsten lifts me up. If she's down, I lift her up. Like that to me is a healthy relationship. And that to me is a healthy friendship as well. And so if you're not getting that, then I think that it's time that you like, first you have to be it. You can't ask for something that you're not being. And so first you need to be the friend that's like, hey, I see you struggling, bro. And I want to fucking help. So like, let me help you. Like what's going on? Like talk to me. Let him fucking get it all out. Let him blah, 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 blah. Like, okay. That's the key. Yeah. Let him that's the key up. right there. Sorry. I didn't want to interrupt Brian, but I need to, I, this needs to be set in guys. That's the key. Like, again, we're both stern. You guys see me and B. All right. So B comes to me with something like fucking deeply bugging him negative, whatever the case may be that what he just said is what I allow to happen. Get it out, get it out, get it out. Sometimes it takes a day. If it's like a big problem, get it all out. But then if it lasts too long, like it's level of compassion, love, et cetera. If it keeps trickling, that's where the check comes in. Okay, what the fuck are we still talking about this for? Let it go. Let it go. Breathe. Yell. Scream. He'll fucking yell it out. Then we're like, and it's gone. Same thing, vice versa. I'll bitch, I'll bitch. And he'll be like, okay, cool. And then next thing you know, we'll start distracting each other. We'll just start bringing up other things. Oh, yo, dude, did you see this? And we'll start like fucking boosting up the energy a little bit and fucking pushing through it. But like Brian said, it's let them get it all out get it all out and then fucking be that friend forward. I think that's something a lot of you guys can take. Be what you want from other individuals. You can't fucking ask for an amazing friend if you aren't being that friend. I definitely Damn. know that's where I've been fucking up because literally, and I mean, you guys talked to me fucking weeks ago on, I don't even know, I think it was on a fucking video I posted in the Academy or a post of me just being negative and shit. You guys literally called me out or no, it was a fucking podcast because you were like, oh, you see what you just said? It was instantly fucking negative. And so since I was already in that fucking negative space, I was feeding into him with that bullshit. Yep. And then ever since, and I've seen his been getting worse. And I was so focused on me that if he starts coming towards me, it wasn't even like, oh, let me listen. Let me know what's going on so I can help. I was going straight into fucking tough love. Like, all right, let's fucking get over that. Let's go hit a fucking workout. I don't want to hear it. And so I feel like I was being too tough love, not compassionate, not even giving a fuck because I was so fucking like blinders on, I'm getting the fucking work. I don't give a shit. And I feel like now that I'm at this spot, it's where I can possibly even like go in and start fucking taking some of that shit on, but also helping him out in that point. So that's kind of what I was getting at is I fed into it for damn sure. And I didn't know how to fix it. 
because I have a lot of fucking power over the people I fucking surround myself with at this point with the influence that I've been able to build. And so if I fucking say something, my energy goes into everybody. I've already fucking seen that. B, when you told on the fucking The Rise podcast about like you believe that everything that fucking goes on, like even shit that we don't think we can control is because of us. The day after that happened is when his truck got broken into. And that's when I was like, whoa, I fucking caused this. He fucking caused this. And like my mind's been reeling ever since I've been like trying to find fucking solutions. Yeah, bro. So I think that I had a big realization that I want to share with you guys recently. And that was that like, I think the ultimate test for you, Chris, for your self-development is for you to stay grounded, present and fucking fully in your own positive, passionate energy while in the midst of somebody that you care about that's in a negative state. That to me is the ultimate test. And so like your test, you've obviously done a lot of work in the last couple of weeks. And I think that it's like when we are come from a negative place and we're in a negative mindset, this is a good advice for everybody that's trying to become a better person. When we come from a negative place, we're in a negative mindset and we start working and developing a better positive mindset. The first thing we want to do is protect it because we're like, I was just so negative and now get away from me. I don't want that again. I don't want that again. Like, I don't want to be negative again. I'm positive now. Get the fuck away from me. Like, Go away. I'm good. Leave me alone. And so the ultimate test for you is to be able to go into situations like that with somebody that you care about with like a full heart and be like, hey, fucking love you, bro. And I know you've been going through a hard time. So let's talk it out. What's going on? I want to help you. Let's get some wins in, right? So like that to me is the ultimate test, being able to stay grounded in your positive energy that you've just created and not let that negative energy in and impact you, you know? I think it's also understanding that pushing him away and giving him tough love makes you a fucking hypocrite because all you did is dump your negativity on him and then you didn't allow him to do it to you. You're like, I'm negative, homie. You spilt it all. And then you're like, I'm happy now. Fuck off. Don't come at me with that shit. So then you put him in a negative space, sat him in the corner and then went and did your own stuff. So it's about finding that balance and then breaking it down. So what are you going to do? Literally after the fucking gym, after we're both fucking chill, because after the gym is one of the fucking happiest. <laughs> That's what I'm going to fucking sit his ass down and uh, really just fucking dig deep on what's going on. Because I know he's been going through a lot of shit. And it's time for me to actually fucking listen. I love it. I say literally for a year, I took care of my mom and her negative space with the cancer. And so I feel like as soon as I got out of that, it's like, it's all fucking me. You guys are catering to me. I'm a fucking beast. I took care of her. I built this fucking business. And yeah, I got a little bit fucking selfish. Dude, and that's okay. You can be selfish, but you can be selfish and also compassionate. Agreed. Like, and just tell them, be like, bro, like the reason I moved into this house is because I want to win. Like, I want my environment to be a winning environment. And I want to, I want you to win too. So let's sit down, let's chat. I want you to get out everything that's bothering you right now, everything you're struggling with. Let's see if we can get you some fucking wins because I care about you and I want to see you successful. 100%. Bet. I appreciate it. Let's run it. Dad one and dad two out. Alexa, what up, girl? Hey, what's up, guys? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're cutting out a a little bit. I'll I'll let you know if it's cutting out too bad. How are you? I'm in my car. That's why my camera's off. I'm doing really good. My question is related to Aaron's question as well, kind of similar, except I want like the opposite approach because as you know, from our conversation last week, I kind of like let momentum die a lot and I'm head till Sunday and I don't want to do that. So if you are in like grind season and you're traveling, going on, do you kind of do more than your non-negotiables? Like what does your day look like if you can't exactly follow your workflow? Great question. So I would identify what are your non-negotiables plus 10%. And then I would do that on vacation and I would not be rigid as to when it gets done. So 
as an example, when I was on my vacation, Cole used the reference at Disneyland. So I'll reference Disneyland. Cole's in a different season of life than I'm in right now because Cole's about to have his baby with his fucking wife, right? So like, that's the season of life that Cole is in. And so when we went to Disneyland, I went to Disneyland also, but I went to Disneyland for like two or three hours. And then I'm like, yo, I'm out. I got to go to sleep because I need to get up at five o'clock in the morning and I've got rise at seven and I want to be at the gym. I want to grind. So it's like Cole is obviously still working, but his season is his number one priority right now is Julie and the baby. Like that is the truth. That's like the number one thing that's going on in his life right now. So the season for me is that like, yes, you know, if you want to go on vacation, you want to have a little bit of fun, do that. But like your day should be planned around the work that you need to get done versus the vacation that you want to have. And if you need to have a vacation, then your day should be planned around the vacation that you want to have versus the work that you want to get done. Does that make sense? So you just prioritize work over the vacation if you've been slacking and you're out of momentum. Agreed. And okay. I actually want to touch on that for a second, because I feel like that's a perfect picture to paint. All right. With the, the Disneyland experience. Because what I do when I go on vacations or any work day is I set certain days to have certain priorities, all right, guys? Because B woke up, still crushed fucking rise the next day because he needed to go to bed early and Disneyland was fucking hectic as fuck. We spent, I think it was, when did we end up going? Around 2 p.m. So the entire morning was dedicated to work, still up at 3.30 a.m., still hit the fucking gym, same routine as fucking over here, all right? Eight hours at fucking Disneyland. We got home at 10.30 p.m. I still fucking woke up. All right. In the fucking morning into my morning routine. All right. Did I work out? No, because it was my rest day, but the morning routine was done. And that's just because I set priorities ahead of time. I feel like if you're going on vacation, you want to get a lot of work done, start planning out your days. Also figure out where you're going and like plan out what you need to do in order to get work done there. I feel like a lot of people don't do enough prep work before their vacation. They know they're going to X place, but what's the time difference? Where's the nearest gym if you want to hit your workouts? Where's the nearest coffee shop just in case your hotel's Wi-Fi is absolute dog shit and you and Brian have experienced it before? Like plan out a couple of things so you know what's going on and then make sure you keep that in your mind with that one statement that Brian just said there. Don't worry about the time it gets done. Just get it done. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's perfect. I have some downtime tonight in the hotel so I'll be able to plan out that extra work that I'm going to do besides my non-negotiables for the rest of the trip. Fuck yeah. I love it. Because even when me and Brian were in Bali, like when we went to the Bali, like back in the day, we were selling people, even though we were 16 hours ahead. I think that's the time difference, right, B? Yeah. It's mental. 16 hours ahead. We were still getting on the phone, planning out phone calls and doing live streams. You guys actually go the OG shit. Scroll back on Brian's social media all the way back to he was like, baby, Brian, there's live streams of us in Bali sitting in the fucking chairs doing PG domination live streams because we planned it out. And, and guys, like when I go on vacation, I'm extremely meticulous. I know, you know, where my hotel is. I know, you know, where the coffee shops are. I know where the gym is before I go because I want to plan for success. Yeah. Right? And so if you don't plan for success, then, you know, whatever happens, happens. And I don't like that. Like I want to achieve success. And so, you know, if I'm going away on a far vacation, like Bali, like Cole said, before I go on my vacation to Bali, I will like look and be like, okay, what's the time zone? So they're 18 hours ahead. Okay. So, you know, at 3 p.m. my time, it's here right now, it's going to be four o'clock in the morning there. Okay. So if I want to hit people at 7 a.m. when they get up, that means that I need to be working at, you know, 4 p.m. their time or 5 p.m. their time. And I do that math in advance. So I yeah. know exactly what hours I'm going to work so that I can hit people at the right time. Like I always think ahead. So my advice would be to think ahead, plan for success and prioritize your work over the vacation if that's the season of life that you're in right now. Okay. Perfect. Thank you guys. Thank you. And congratulations on making $7,000 between last week and this week. Let's fucking go. Thank you. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Let's get it. Mastermind loading. Yes. Let's go. All right, you guys. That brings us to the end of today's podcast episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. 
Peace, love, and protein. Have the best day of your entire life. We'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Let's go.